Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to My Favourite Takeaway, the show for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. My name is Tom Crane and with me as always is my brilliant co-host, Simran Shah. How are you, Sim? Hi, Thomas. I have had a takeaway disaster this week, Sim. I want to start with this. I didn't even ask you if you had anything. I know, but it's been, it's been eating me alive. It's incredible. That is a disaster. It is. <laughs> it's an awful bacterial food that I bought, which uh, I'm now in hospital. I'm calling you from the hospital bed. No, two days ago, I was exhausted, had a really long day, and I thought I'd get a takeaway at the end of the day. I ordered fish and chips. I waited for an hour and 20 minutes, and my fish and chips still hadn't turned up. Painful when that happens. I ring up the restaurant at 10. I go, hi, guys, sorry, my, uh, my, my fish and chips hasn't turned up yet. And they say, okay, let me quickly check this for you. They look it up and they go, yeah, unfortunately, you've chosen a collection rather than delivery. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, right, right. So um, can it be delivered? Can we just change that? And he goes, no, we can't change that on the system, unfortunately. You know, the computer says no, basically. So it'll have to be collection. And I say, okay, can I come and collect it? And he said, well, Unfortunately, we've just shut. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, so what do I do? And he said, I don't know, to be honest. And then there was a silence. <laughs> and then genuinely, he said, would you mind if I had it? As cute as a joke. <laughs> and I went, yeah, all right, that's fine. So uh, I then ended the call, tried to ring the delivery service provider who wouldn't give me my money back because apparently it was my fault. So basically what happened to him is I just... Bought a man dinner. That's what happened <laughs> two nights ago. I didn't get my food. Awful. You are a very generous man, Tom. What would you have done in that situation? I would have run around. I would have gone to him. I would have gone to him and knocked on that door and demanded that food that I paid for. <laughs> and I would have collected it. And then I would have eaten it. Actually, then I would have said, you can have some of this if, if you like. And then we would have both bonded. And it'd be like sort of like Lady in the Tramp, where you're eating a long chip on both ends and coming closer and closer, <laughs> and your lips are meeting. So what's even lamer about that sim is uh, I failed my driving test five times. I still don't drive. So you could have zipped round there, but this place is twenty minutes from my house, and I don't drive. So it wasn't even an option. I would have to get buses. It would have taken like thirty-five minutes to get there. So yeah. Oh my god, getting getting three buses to collect. <laughs> Getting three buses to collect a takeaway is such a bleak <laughs> in London. Some fish and chips that were cooked two hours ago by the time I arrived as well, freezing cold, <laughs> and then taking them back on the bus. So we can, we can add another 35 minutes. So you're getting three-hour-old fish and chips by the time I get back to my table. That is so funny. Painful. <laughs> should be a, You should be able to change 
change that. If there's any delivery uh, service people listening, please change that in your system because it is a, it's a cruel twist for people like me. Now, Sim, we have an amazing guest on this week. At the end of this interview, we will also be coming to some of your correspondence. You sent us some fantastic stuff, as always, and we, we love hearing from you. Um, very quickly, if you do want to send us anything, anything that comes up in this episode, you can email us on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com. And who do we have coming up this week, Sim? We have Edith Bowman. Uh, and Edith presents a weekly podcast called Soundtracking, which is about film and music. She's obviously a veteran broadcaster. She's also got a new TV show out called Coast to Coast Food Festival. It's just started on BBC Two. It's also available on iPlayer. And we had a great chat with her, but she did fall foul of a classic countryside problem in that there was only one takeaway nearby. She ordered from it and it was shut. And I know that feeling from this week. I know that <laughs> feeling. <laughs> I feel for you, Edith. Edith, thank you so much for doing this. Now, you've had a takeaway disaster from the moment you've come on. Tell us what happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm gutted. I'm starving as well. <laughs> you know, having lived in London for 20 years or whatever, you know, having multiple amazing, brilliant takeaways to moving out into the sticks to takeaways being a, almost a delicacy. Uh, it's become, <laughs> uh, become quite, quite a chore, to be honest. To the point where it's Monday night as we're recording this and my local chippy, which is always my takeaway of choice, is shut. <laughs> oh, and when did you discover this? About two hours ago. Oh, no. As I was like on my way to pick up my nine-year-old from a play date, I was like, oh, I'm going to order my takeaway. I'll go on and grab it on the way past because you can't even get it delivered now. That's the thing, you see. So I was like, I'll grab it on the way past. I went on to get the phone number and I was like, hold on a minute. It's Monday night. Oh, no. <laughs> it's shot. <laughs> oh, I'm gutted. I was like salivating as well, just going over my order in my head. What was the order that you were salivating over, which you're now not eating, and therefore we've got a, hung we've got a hungry bowman? Yes. What, what would you have eaten? Which I'm aware is, is a particularly painful question to ask, isn't it? What, what could you have had? What, <laughs> what did you nearly win? It's painful for quite a lot of people as well, because I get absolutely ribbed about this order. Okay. Because I come from a little place called Anstruther in Fife, which has got the most rewarded fish and chip shop in the world status. Like, it's unbelievable. Best chippy in the world and stuff. Amazing. What's it called? It's called the Anstruther Fish and Chip Bar, but it's yeah. been running for decades. You know, whenever someone new takes over, there's a massive, there's a massive history there that they've got to maintain in a way. Tom Hanks once visited there, which resulted in the best local headline oh. ever because his daughter went to St. Andrew's Uni. So obviously with Forrest Gump, it was Anstruther is in the borough of Fife. Fife's like a box of chocolates. Oh, yes. Oh, lovely. There you are. Wasn't that amazing, <laughs> isn't it? That's good, that's clean fun, that. Whoever wrote that, I really hope the editor said, you know what, you can go home now. That's yeah. fine. You, you don't <laughs> need to finish your shift. Here's a medal. He's still Absolutely. at home, that editor. <laughs> He's still living off it. Yeah. You run this paper now. <laughs> I think there's something about fish and chip takeaways, especially in small communities. So I live in a, I grew up in a small village on the edge of Bath, and at the heart of it was this fish and chip shop. Yeah. And it really is like a real community thing, more than other takeaways are, I think. It's like a family meal, isn't it? Especially with kids, it's the sort of thing you might treat yourself maybe once a fortnight or something, you might pop down or whatever, and you'd see people in there. It's, it's interesting, the fish and chip shop has a certain place, doesn't it, in small communities. My mum kind of gets really annoyed at me because my mum's a really good cook. But when I go home to, to Anstruther, I will be known to go 
via the chippy before I get home. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. To get my fix. To be honest. Can I say something even worse than that? When I visit my mum in Bath, there's a, there's a burger takeaway called Schwartz Brothers. Yeah. And when I go back and mum says, oh, I've prepared you a meal, I'm gutted, to be honest, because that means <laughs> I can't go and have my burger. <laughs> I can't say, why have you spent all day cooking a lovely meal? I want this burger. But in, inside, I'm, I'm breaking. My heart is broken. I hear you. I absolutely hear you. And so I've got this specific order that, that goes back to when I lived there, and this is what I would order. So it's a single fish. Oh, right. Okay. Chip and dip, which is chips and curry sauce. Mm. Oh, okay. And a buttered roll. <laughs> and a buttered roll. A buttered roll. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First question when you say a single fish, yeah. <laughs> I don't really think of a, a fish coming as a, a couple. <laughs> I would need to say a single fish. You just mean a fish. Right? <laughs> a fish has yet to meet someone. <laughs> Next not a married. <laughs> we see divorced fish. It's just it's just a fish. <laughs> so the single fish is because you'd normally ask for a fish supper, which is fish and chips. Okay. So single fish is without the chips. Ah, okay. Okay. So and that would would that be cod or haddock? What are you going haddock. for? Haddock. Haddock's much more popular in Scotland than it is in the southern parts. But weirdly, in my local chippy now, the cod comes without the skin on and the haddock's still got the skin on and I prefer it without the skin on so I'll have the cod down here. And do you know why they do that? Laziness. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to offer an answer. I was going to agree with whatever it is that you said. <laughs> or maybe more dog lovers buy the skin on because the dogs oh, get yeah. the skin. And then you've got a buttered roll. Yeah. Now, which bit of these ingredients is the thing that people take issue with? It's the chips with the curry sauce and the buttered roll. Hmm. So talk us through why, why, why you order those things. Which you're not eating now and you won't eat for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but you must be able to achieve a, a buttered roll somewhere in your house. Surely you can, you, can, you can achieve a third of your meal. In your kitchen, there must be butter and a roll. Yeah. So you can have that, you can have that much. So I think it's because I'm greedy. Right, okay. And I want all the taste. And I can't choose. <laughs> the fish with, you know, with salt and vinegar on it and that kind of acidic, mm. lovely kind of gooiness then that you get on the batter sort of thing as you're kind of tucking into that that's amazing freshest fish and then I just love chips and curry sauce normally the first thing I do is put the chips and curry sauce into the buttered roll chow down on that then get into the fish oh liking this oh okay okay hold on hold on a sec hold on a sec hold on a sec I, 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 just, I just want to rewind a bit Simran just to say briefly my, my, my feet are genuinely my feet are dancing with excitement I know this is, this is exciting Okay, so so you open the buttered roll, yeah, yeah, and then you put the chips in, and then you pour the gravy on the chips inside the roll. It's not gravy, not gravy. It's curry sauce, yeah. The curry sauce. I should know better. I normally pour the curry sauce on the chips first. You pour the curry sauce on the chips first. Pour the curry sauce on the chips first, and then put them in the buttered roll, and then chow down on the buttered roll. It's getting quite sloppy, that isn't it? moving the curried sauce chips into the roll. Are you, how yeah. are you doing that? Are you doing that with your hands or are you using a... Normally a fork. Just a fork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally a fork. <laughs> Simran, are, are you familiar with cutlery? And, uh, <laughs> is it going to blow you, your mind? Did you, did you expect me to go to that much granular detail about exactly how you're delivering the chips into the buttered roll? <laughs> Normally between 16 and 24 chips as well, maybe. <laughs> Ooh. It's a big old number. What angle exactly are they entering the roll? What are we looking at in terms of the... What's the maths of that? Are we, 
<laughs> we go sideways. Sideways. <laughs> it's not one layer of chips as well. It's yeah. kind of you know, there's. It's got to be. You got to squash that bun down. Oh. And get that butter being melted by the heat of the chips and the mm. and mixing in with a curry sauce and yeah. Sorry, one more quick question. Are you ever <laughs> dipping? Are you ever <laughs> dipping the 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 chip filled roll Always. into the curry sauce if there's leftover? Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, lovely stuff. Always. Now, I am not someone who's against this order because that actually is very similar to my order. I prefer cod. I go cod, chips, mushy peas, and I do like curry sauce and a bread roll with it. I absolutely with you. I like the chip butty. I don't dip it into the curry sauce. But there's one thing that you can get in Edinburgh. When I, uh, whenever I do the Edinburgh Festival, I love this stuff. And I don't know if it's across Scotland. and You can't get it in uh, London. At least I, I've never seen it. But it's... Brune sauce, is that what it's called? Which is this brown sauce, yeah. Brown sauce, incredibly vinegary yeah. sauce. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's incredible. Chip shop sauce. It's basically vinegared down brown sauce. Is that what it is? So you, you'll get asked in most chippies in Scotland, you won't normally get asked salt and vinegar, you get salt and sauce. Okay. Oh. Because the vinegar's in the sauce, you see, so you're kind of not going to double vinegar up. Mm. There's an amazing chippy on Broughton Street in, in Edinburgh. I don't know if that's the one that you go to. I, yes, I yeah, to... That, I, that is the place I go to. It's amazing. I used to work at AJ Ramsey's on Broughton Street when I was at uni in Edinburgh. Oh, really? Okay. And that chippy, oh, is it called? What's it called now? And they used to do the best chip shop sauce. Yeah. Literally, I could drink it by, I'd have a shot of it waiting for my chips. <laughs> so can you can you buy that in supermarkets across Scotland? Is it a thing that's no. on the shelves? No, it's not. Okay. But that blows my mind because it's it's the nicest sauce you could ever possibly have. It's incredible. It's like some kind of weird sort of SMP secret recipe or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's filling people with ideas of independence. With ideas of independence. Yeah. Don't think you'll get this in the, don't think you'll get this in the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm now suspecting that you can actually get it, but you don't. You're, you're, you've been told you're not allowed to let people like me in on it. No, I've tried. I've tried making it. I've tried adding vinegar to to the different because a lot of the chippies will sell brown sauce. So yeah. you're like, well, clearly this is this amazing thing that I'm eating. No, it's not. Why are you selling it then if it's not the thing that you're giving me? Absolutely. There was one other question I want to ask just about your experience this evening. You mentioned that you dropped in to try and pick up your fish and chips. Now, yeah. that is quite, for me, it's real rush of nostalgia that and trying to find out the phone number because these are all things that kind of dropped away in the past so is that the experience where you live now in the country is it, is you have to go and collect and also do you enjoy that do you enjoy the fact you have to go in and get things if that is the case no i mean i really wish that we'd have more more deliverable food options the only one that we can get delivered was domino's pizza and even they can't get deliver it to us. They keep getting lost sort of thing. Even with like, what, three words? It's kind of like, what do you need me to do? You like, run down the lane like on flames. It's kind of like, it's not that hard. And there's nothing worse than getting a cold pizza that you know has been in the car for like two and a half hours bobbing about. Do you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> Trying to find its owner. So... If that's the option, I'm very happy to go and pick it up. There's a pizza place near me that delivers that says on the top that you're supposed to pop it in the oven for six minutes at a certain heat when it arrives. But I slightly resent that because it feels like that's that's their job, isn't it? It's a ready meal, surely. It's yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. I didn't, you know I didn't I mean? get into this to cook, which is essentially what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Presetting the oven to a heat. I tell you what's really good. There's one delivery service, actually, that's amazing. That I have to say is 
these parents at school who in lockdown kind of reassessed their whole work. And I think he was a chef and obviously wasn't able to kind of do his job and whatnot. And so they started doing almost kind of like Meals on Wheels type thing for people. Right. And they've Ooh. kept it up and they do it once a month now where they email out, if you're on their, their kind of mail out, they send you out what the, the menu is for that night. There's no choice. It's kind of this is what we're doing. It's really lovely kind of Indian based, a lot of it. And I've got to say, it's absolutely amazing. And so that's our kind of once a month kind of when we always sign up for that as well. And it's so exciting when it when when you kind of get the menu through and you see what it is. Quite posh. Oh, that's so cool. So how often how often would you have a takeaway now? Now? I think, yeah. I mean, not often enough. <laughs> the perfect, the never never on a Monday for a start. We can, we, can, we can discount Mondays. But, but was it growing up, was it something that you did a lot or... Uh, was it something that was again a bit special? It was a bit special, like in Anstruther as well. It was really so. This is the funny thing is that I grew up in a hotel in Scotland, so my yes. family had a little hotel, mm-hmm. and so there was actually a little bit of competition between the hotel and the chippy. And I secretly preferred <laughs> the chippy's fish and chips than I did the hotel <laughs> sort of thing. So I oh. would kind of you know sneak off and and whatnot and have have the chip shop fish and chips. But it was only really when I moved to London because there wasn't. There wasn't really any other delivery service or takeaway really now. But now, you know, when I go back, they've got amazing collection of takeouts in, in our little village. But London was really where it was kind of like, oh, I can eat anything and you'll bring it to my door. <laughs> well, they would totally bring it to your room in the hotel anyway. Well, they didn't do it. It was only it wasn't one of those types. It was a wee, wee tiny place. Didn't do room service. I mean, you'd be lucky if you got an oat cake or a bit of shortbread, to be honest. So, do you know what I mean? Was there, was there breakfast in the morning? What, what was yeah. the situation there? There was, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was an amazing restaurant, but they just didn't do kind of room service and stuff. So, living in a hotel, are you eating the food that the guests are eating? What's the dynamic? Oh, it was lush. So, my mum was one of seven girls, or is one of seven girls. And so, me and my cousins, loads of my cousins, you know, we all went to the same high school. And so, we'd go to the hotel for our lunch. And we'd all sit in this little... It was called the wee dining room. It wasn't where they served people. It was kind of an in-between room on the way from the kitchen to the dining room. We'd all sit there. Yeah, you could pretty much have whatever was on the, the menu at lunch sort of thing for lunch. So, yeah, it was, it was so decadent, really, when you think about it. That's incredible. God, that is amazing. I don't think I've met anyone who's grew up in that kind of environment. It was awesome. So as a teenager, you were, you were going on for lunch with your friends right <laughs> throughout cousins, the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Who lunched at twelve. <laughs> That's remarkable. And and, and and in the morning, would you sit no. in this little interim room? No, it wasn't like that. You'd have your you'd rush down for the buffet breakfast or anything. No, 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 because we, we didn't live in the actual building of the hotel. Our houses were sort of in the uh, okay. on the perimeter Got of it and stuff. So you just have your, you know, your usual Weetabix or whatever for breakfast. Weirdly, I was talking to my mom about this a couple of weeks ago. They used to do this thing called beef olives. Oh. And I've never I've never had them since. Is it beef or olive? It's beef. Different cuts of meat, almost kind of wrapped in a really thin slice of meat and stewed, I guess, in like vegetables. Wow. Any olives in there or not? Was it just... I don't know where the olive thing came from. <laughs> it was invented by someone called Olive, maybe. Before be olives thing. were a thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's such a good point. I didn't see an olive until I was about 24. I think that yeah. was the first time I saw an olive. My dad thought my kid was weird when he was eating olives when he was like three. Really? He's like, he's three and he's eating olives? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you sort of graduate to olives. It's not a thing. It's not a thing you start off. You're very precocious. <laughs> it's a very mature child. Such a mature taste for a small child. <laughs> not that with the anchovies. I didn't give you all the anchovies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you grew up uh, in this small town. But you say when you moved to London, that's when you first had your sort of wow moment for sort of takeaway food. Do, do you, is there a particular takeaway that you remember when you first came to London that really blew your mind? And what was your thing there? Feng Sushi. My friend Natalie introduced me to that and we would order from there a lot. And it was the tempura prawn inside out roll. It's just, ah, oh, I could just eat like plates of that. And sashimi, just I love tuna sashimi, just the kind of cold freshness of it, simplicity of it. Having, I guess, fish been such a big part of my diet growing up in a fishing village, but a different take on it, you know, and a different culture's take on it. And I did, I just absolutely love Japanese food. I didn't realize it was a fishing village where you grew up. Okay, interesting. Mm. So, so is, so is fish your real love then? Is that, and is that because of that? Yeah, probably. Like some of my favorite dishes involve things from the sea, lobster spaghetti. Oh, when it's done mm. right, it's just one of the best meals ever. Or scallops. But I guess it is, to be honest, yeah. I've always thought, you know, watching you on telly presenting as well and festivals and in that music scene, I've always wondered, like, if you're out at a festival and you're working with all, all day, what's your diet like? <laughs> Absolute shite. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. Whenever you work in any kind of telly stuff, unless you've got your own chef, it's just awful. It's the most unhealthy. Yeah. It's always like sandwiches, you know, and, and festival foods definitely come on sort of thing. It was always be like a really greasy burger van and a Thai green curry. Right. That was kind of the options. When you first started going to festivals, yeah. it was distinctly different then. Yeah, yeah, distinctly different. Food's such a big part of it now. And you can, mm, yeah. you can kind of go and get, you know, your great food trucks. At all the festivals now it's absolutely brilliant but the one that I always go to actually and, and kind of does remind, remind me of like when Tom and I had our first Glastonbury and we'd only been together I think maybe about a month or two two months I think was fresh donuts oh wow oh being hung over and going to the fresh donut stall and there's something about that smell and you could see them being made you know the little rings coming out of that thing and oh. getting dipped in the sugar maybe a bit of cinnamon and ah oh, it's a brilliant hangover cure because churros is a is a big thing now, and you sort and, and you sort and you sort of get that. But yeah, that fresh smell of a donut mm. oh in the morning. Oh. Churros is uh, whenever I take a bite, I think this is the least healthy thing you can possibly. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> I'm always slightly shocked, but I've had it so many times. But I'm always shocked after the first bite of quite how madly unhealthy it is. It's because it's coated in sh- in just raw sugar. It's it's not hidden within it. And then if you have that pot of chocolate as well. Oh, oh my god you get that pot of chocolate with it you're like it's incredible oh. you could feel the crystals of the sugar you can feel the crystals of the That's sugar exactly grinding it. on your teeth and you're like yeah okay i've made this decision and it's all part of my brain that always goes what the hell are you doing basically the sort of part of me that's thinking this is what this is an insane decision to be having this again you know how rich this is but i love it it's amazing can i ask you a question then so mm. take me through your festival day if you're at a festival now so your breakfast lunch and dinner how, how, how are you doing it what would you recommend to people who are sort of starting going to festivals what, what should they seek out and also at the end of that what should they avoid what do you think is like the festival no-no food wise so if you're going to a festival, yeah, because it's it's different when you're working at them. But if you're going to a festival... Yeah, if you're going. What I would suggest you do, though, is take some snacks with you for a start. So take yeah. things that aren't going to weigh you down, but that you can munch on. 
because you're going to get the munchies. That's a fact. Uh, and it also will help with your hangover in the morning. So stick up <laughs> for me, stick a couple of cans of iron brew and some salt vinegar crisps in there and you're sorted. But it is important to eat. So I'd mm. go for like a good bacon roll or something in the morning, you know, get that in you sort of thing. That's a good start for the day. But I'm a big fan of, of a burrito at a festival. Oh. It's just got everything in it. It's got everything in it. Yeah. yeah. It's a one-stop shop. It's also built to be carried around as well, isn't it? So it's perfect for a festival. I'll tell you one thing, though, about, about burrito. It, the breakfast burrito intimidates me. Anything really which is an all-day breakfast in a wrap, I do find naturally quite intimidating. If it's got the hash brown and the bacon and sausages and beans inside yeah. a wrap, and if there's tomato in there, it's just quite an intimidating thing to have right in the morning. I find a, a breakfast burrito, but maybe I'm just being weak and pathetic about it. There's a great song called Breakfast Burrito from a, this guy called Perry Grip who makes all these songs. He's got one, it's raining tacos and breakfast burrito is one of his, uh, one of his most popular, actually. It's one of his but, most um, popular. Yeah, I would say as well, just to be careful about your, your spiceometer of where you are, because you've got to think to the future here. Uh, Absolutely. Yes, I know exactly what you're saying here. You know, in terms of what that food's potentially going to do yeah. to the other end, just bear <laughs> that in mind would be my advice, really. So I'd, I'd go not too fancy, not too spicy. Otherwise, you'll be in a whole heap, heap of trouble. Surely you avoid that, though, when you're, when you're presenting and doing come this. Come on, Edith. Festival, I, don't, you're, you're I don't think those. you're using those loos, surely. <laughs> we've, we've gone way past that stage. <laughs> Who was it? There was a whole thing about someone having their own toilets. Manic street preachers. Just like, rubbish. With that, the weather, all those kind of questions around festivals and stuff, it's like, mate, we live in the UK. We're going to a festival. Just yep. suck it up get on with it do you know what i mean you just got to deal with it have you ever witnessed mm -hmm. a proper hissy fit going on about say the cleanliness of a place or something like that at, at a festival i was just wondering with with manic street preachers i just wondered whether they what what, what were they doing asking to bring their own loose it was someone had kind of taken something i think nikki had said out of context and had assumed that they'd demanded on the rider that they had a uh -uh. separate Manic Street Preacher toilet port sort of thing, which was absolute <laughs> bullshit. I haven't, you know. I've seen, like, people being carried to stage and stuff. Really? So that they don't... Touch the ground? Yeah, Shirley Bassey was almost like forklift onto the pyramid <laughs> stage. So that she didn't... I mean, she was in the most amazing, like, sparkles and stuff i would want to preserve that as well for sure i've seen some states of people like after hours kind of of course walking around and stuff like that but i've not seen any kind of hissy fits of people kind of not being able to cope with their toilet situations i have seen someone uh backstage at cabaret tent use one of the portaloos and the portaloo uh fell over that's the worst <gasps> I've seen, and they were in it yeah oh tom oh god i'm not going to say who because they don't need to know that but that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Oh. <laughs> that whole thing tipped over. Anyway, we're here to talk about food, not talking about that. So when you do order a takeaway now, it's kind of you say it's kind of like a, a rare thing. What are your what are your general go tos apart from fish and chips in your area? And, and are, are there weird takeaway habits? Are there particular things that you always order, or are there weird habits you have? So we moved out here in 2019, and it was very apparent very quickly the lack of takeaways. Uh, which obviously meant that I was going to have to do more cooking, which really annoyed me. And so it was really funny when we went back to stay with friends in London and we felt really rude, where we were like, 
do you mind if we get Deliveroo? <laughs> <laughs> like it was Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of like, it's really sad that like not sad at actually all. Actually, being able to get a Deliveroo is like a not treat. sad at all. I think it's one of the things that if you came back to the country after years, it's it's what you'd want to do. And it's so funny because like Tom and I separately. So he's just finished a UK tour um, with his band, and I was away filming as well just before that. And I was up in Glasgow, and I was like, "What is what are you doing for food tonight?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm going to get Deliveroo to the hotel." He's like, "Sharp." I'm like, "Yeah." And then when he was on tour, he had a night off somewhere. I think, I can't remember where he was. Exactly the same thing. I was like, what are you doing for food tonight? Really? Are you going to go out with the lads? He's like, no, I'm ordering delivery to my room. And I'm like, oh my God, we're so that sad. Is, that is, no, I love this. I love that too. But I don't know if you get this. Do you guys find this a bit embarrassing when you do get a delivery to your hotel? Yeah. If the hotel also does room service, I feel unbelievably embarrassed about going downstairs to get the takeaway. To my mind, it's basically me going, your food is rubbish and I have no interest in it. I wait outside. I go out the front door. Hold on. Edith, are you saying you wait outside the front door of the hotel or, yeah. or your your room? No, the front door of the hotel. Oh, I'm like, hide it in my jacket. <laughs> take upstairs. <laughs> would, you ever, would you ever have the balls to order the delivery to your room number? in your hotel i'm not sure that's doable is it yeah i don't think they're you're allowed to in in the dives that i stay in do you know what i mean you need your lift key to get up in the lift they drive the moped into the lift sim jim sim round you know that and then they <laughs> hear it revving along the corridor <laughs> you can see it coming on the app as well coming down the corridor oh it's stuck <laughs> i'm gonna try that next time so you hide outside that's amazing then you yeah I, this is what i need to do because i do the embarrassing thing of going down to the foyer in front of and then grabbing a Domino's from a Domino's driver and walking upstairs. It always feels just so embarrassing. But you, you're not hiding a pizza very convincingly, are you? I mean, yeah. that's still going to be poking out. You're not flipping that thing on its side. I mean, just thinking, I'll deal with the consequences later. I'd rather have a flat pizza than the shame of someone saying. You could break it into, you could break it into separate slices outside and then put them into different pockets. And, you know, you could sort of <laughs> <laughs> break it up. It doesn't need to be a whole pizza. If you can find... Just wear a jacket with loads of pockets and you'll be fine. Because <laughs> that's the thing I do as well. Do, do you, are, the, are you the sort of person that lives a little bit vicariously through the orders of others? You talk about your uh, husband ordering takeaway, because I'm very much that person. Do you like to listen to other people? Do, if someone else is getting food, do you want to hear about it? Are you that sort of person? I'm quite timid when it comes to heat, you know, and spice and things like that. We used to have this Indian that we used to order deliver it in london called holy cow which was amazing and it was mm, i love holy cow it's brilliant it's so good i'm even imagining edith opening one of those tubware with the with the vacuum sealed yeah. plastic which you then peel off and it's there inside oh even the crazy. smell of the rice was just i like, know oh. it's very good i mean we'd have that once a week really okay yeah i mean we'd have holy cow is so good the spice was obviously the kind of number of peppers. I like it when they do that on a menu. Me too. That's good. That's a nice touch. This pepper sign thing on the menu should be everywhere, though. Because basically what happens when Claire and I, my wife and I have takeaway, Indian, she'll say, shall I try this? I'm worried it's too hot. I'll go, I'm sure it's fine. It'll turn up. She'll open it. She'll have one mouthful. I'll go, well, this is too hot. <laughs> I can't eat that. So it's kind of, she's always, like, she's like you. She's really panicked about heat. But the descriptions are always a bit off. You need this sort of like, empirical scale you need a scale where it's like this is this amount of yeah. red chilies otherwise it's just kind of yeah you're running the gauntlet they should do it as more of a rating of like 
tongues as a way of saying how hot it is, rather than chilling. Yeah, you know what I mean in terms of how far out is your tongue going to hang once you've eaten a spoonful of this meat, this dish. There's other other, other alternatives would be glass, little glasses of milk. I take that as well. Yeah, and then, or, or maybe a little image of someone looking, looking uncomfortable on the toilet. The yeah, how long would well. you spend <laughs> on the toilet? <laughs> so, what was your go-to order from from Yeah, holy cow! What, what was your go-to? Man, I can't remember now. I'm going to have to get the menu up to have a look, and then I'll probably cry at the sight of it. <laughs> Can we just remind remind our listeners that Edith still has not eaten anything, so she's doing very well here. Yes, without, I'm so sorry. Uh, without any fish and chips, this is brave. Oh, there you go. There you are. Hello, hello, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> is, is this is this like going? Is this like seeing your iPhone showing photos from 2014? Where you suddenly suddenly hit, hit of nostalgia? Yeah, that sort of holiday romance has come back. <laughs> where, where it puts a, when it puts a tune to it as well. Oh. <laughs> it's like a three and a half minute, completely, completely inappropriate tune. <laughs> It always is an inappropriate tune. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, all of it. Look at it. It's just all delicious. Oh. I love the prawn buna. Mm. I love the oh, the parbat lamb. Oh, oh, the lamb rogan as well was amazing. A marg masala. Oh. oh, my God. If you're ordering for you and Tom and your kids, yeah. would you say you're an over-orderer or do you think you're an under-orderer? Or are you bang on? Always over, always over. Mm. I'm a greedy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you doing with what? What are you doing with your? Actually, actually, I have, I have a quick question before that. With the family, if you're eating, yeah. if you're eating with the family, are you sitting down at the table and are you eating your takeaway there, or are you decanting it in the kitchen table and then sitting in the living room or wherever you are, what, what, watching the TV, or are you quite strict about how it should be eaten? We're normally kitchen table, to be honest, of just putting all the dishes in the middle and then plates out so everybody can sort of dive in and kind of almost a bit boofy style. Nice. Mm. Okay. And are you then polishing all off that night or are you a leftovers person? What's happening then? Well, it depends what it is. I I do love a day two takeaway. I always think that food that's kind of a day old is tastes better, weirdly, in in a way. But I mean, I'm really kind of hate throwing food away. So it will definitely be kept, whether it's eaten or not, and not just kept for three days and then thrown away. It's probably, it's probably kept for three the days truth in the fridge. The with, all, with, yeah. all, with all the little dips there. Never enough dips. Never enough dips. Never enough dips. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Never enough of the mint yogurt, um, whatever it's called, I can never remember. What's the point of having a tiny wee bit of mango chutney? Yeah. It's like, come on. Edith, if we were on a desert island. Yeah. And you've only got three dips. Oh, come on. It's your desert island dips. What are you taking? Okay, the the, the yogurt and and then mango chutney. Yeah. Yep. And then a guacamole. Oh. 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 Now we saw that. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I thought we were sticking to Indian dips. For some reason, I was like, no, 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 you, you've mixing gone, it up. Yeah. You're mixing it. Certainly yeah. obviously. You've got this is the burrito coming out. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So we've got yogurt, we've got a writer dish, we've got mango chutney and guacamole. Yeah. And are we talking smooth guacamole or chunky guacamole? I love making guacamole. I did a travel show years ago um, with my mate, Kat Dealey, and we were in Texas. And this restaurant, they had this brilliant thing in this restaurant where they had a, it was a guac trolley. Oh. And so they'd come across with a trolley and they would make the guac there and then for you. And then you just stick it on the table with a whole load of 
fresh, hot, warm tortilla chips. It's really interesting because I think you get so many different variations on guacamole. But all this had in it was avocado. I was about to say cilantro, but that makes me sound like a dick because that's not what it's called. It's called um, coriander. And there was uh, lime juice and there was uh, a kind of Tabasco-y type sauce put in there. That does sound already. That sounds delicious. And really finely chopped up tomato. Like not a lot, but Mm. just a tiny little bit. It was amazing. It was so good. Oh. It was so good. That sounds so, yeah. delicious. So you talked there about that's this this curry place that you would order from, and when we went to London, you'd convince your friends to get delivery. You briefly mentioned there that you hate to cook. Why do you hate to cook? What what is what's your resistance to it? Do you know what? I don't hate cooking. I actually love cooking. It's laziness, I think, just in terms of how many meals I have to cook in a week, and so I have nice. a kind of like a go to menu. It bores me, so it must bore my family that they eat you know, the same meals. <laughs> Is that lobster spaghetti over and over? Oh, my about? God. I wish I knew how to make lobster spaghetti to, to that level. So what, 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 would you, what would you say is the bullseye of boring weekly meals that you do? For us, it would be pesto pasta for the kids. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's yeah. like that thing of going, it's easy. Like, if I know I'm, I'm working... And that's another weird thing that I do. If I know I'm going to be away working a couple of nights, you know, I'm, I'm coming home, but I'm going to be missing tea time. Then I'll make sure that there's enough in the fridge for the kids to be fed by someone else, but food that I've made. Oh, nice. So on a Sunday, I'll sometimes do like a bulk cook where I'll make like a tomato sauce, pesto sauce. I might make a pie. I might make some meatballs. Or lasagna, sort of thing, and it's just all like, on a Sunday. Oh, boring! Oh, so yeah. impressive. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. God, super. I'll just whip up a pie and some meatballs and pasta, <laughs> and <laughs> all on a Sunday. It's incredible. Because, like, the sadness I feel as I pop open yet another little pot of pesto, and all I'm doing is pesto <laughs> pasta, and you're whipping up enough food for five thousand guests at a hotel. <laughs> the kids are already eating, Tom, as well. Um, so. You mentioned Domino's earlier as a thing that's sort of nearby. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, if you had to choose between a Domino's, a KFC and a McDonald's, and if those three aren't your type, you can go with another takeaway joint. What is your ultimate order? I'm thinking really go to 2am. That's what we're thinking. We're kind of, you've had a few drinks with friends. That's what we're we're looking at here. I think it's got to be McDonald's, you know. Domino's, I'm just just still annoyed that they couldn't find the house like the last (laughs) time. Still looking for it. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what was even worse was that I had Spike, my nine-year-old, had a couple of mates over for an after-school kind of hang sort of thing. And I'd said to the mums, like, oh, don't worry, I'll feed them and stuff. And they were coming at like seven o'clock to pick them up and the pizza still hadn't arrived. So I was like, oh, my God, Domino's in your face. (laughs) So I think McDonald's. Great. And and so what would your order be? It would be a Big Mac meal without pickle oh wow i like pickle just not the pickle that are in mcdonald's okay yeah it's weird i love kind of like gherkins and with cheese and all that kind of stuff and we've got uh actually my 14 year old found this amazing recipe for kind of i guess homemade kfc that you mix buttermilk with the juice from pickles pickle juice and stuff to marinate oh, the nice. chicken in. it's amazing mm, oh yeah lovely okay but there's something about the the gherkins or the pickles on mcdonald's that i just don't like so big mac no pickle meal and a full fat coke 
Lovely. That is a clean, simple order. I'm very yeah, much yeah. into that. It's it's missing six six chicken nuggets for me. That's the the only thing that's missing. And a breakfast burrito. But other than that, I think we're all good. Yeah. And a McFlurry breakfast burrito. <laughs> so we so we've talked about all this wonderful food you've had, all these great meals, your amazing Sundays where you cook all this food to great success and feed your family, who I'm sure are all delighted by it all. One final question. Have you ever had a takeaway disaster or a meal disaster in your life? Something where it's gone wrong and it's still to this day sticks in your mind yeah I remember I lived in a little flat on Fleet Road in North London and I had my friend Mark and his wife were coming around for food and I'd never cooked for anybody in this house this little flat and I was trying to be really fancy pants and cook lamb shanks are they called so it's the kind of sort of weird shape where they're still on the bone and so I thought I'd followed this recipe they looked amazing, smelled quite good as well. But I, I, I think I'd got the amount of chili powder that went into the <gasps> recipe wrong. If you even brought it close to your mouth, your like entire mouth was on flames. It was oh my totally God. inedible. <laughs> it was like so. Oh it was no. basically like potatoes and veg for dinner that night. Is That's that it. what you did? You just skip the meat? You could not eat it. You couldn't eat it. <laughs> the, the first ever dinner party I did, I worked at BBC Radio Wales as a researcher after I came out of uni. And I decided to do a dinner party for my people who worked in my team. <laughs> and the meal went all right. I just did a spag bowl. That was fine. And as I was serving it up, though, I managed to trap my finger in the hinge of the fridge door oh, so badly that it went completely black. And uh, my friend Emma, who's one of the party guests, had to drive me to hospital. <gasps> And oh. everyone just ate my food in my flat with my flatmate Al, who didn't know any of them. <laughs> so I just, people I work with just sat in my front room eating probably quite an average spag bowl <laughs> with a guy oh they don't God. know. Well, I was rushed to hospital, finger in a, in a pack of peas. Yeah, awful. Fingernail came off. Horrendous. Absolutely oh. horrendous. So, I mean. Oh, God. That's one of the most painful things in the world, isn't it? A fingernail coming off. Oh, yeah. I mean, so bad. I've had two C-sections. When I tracked my thumbnail in the door and the nail came off that's the most painful thing i've ever gone through it was excruciating uh, and i can never thought uh, my wife had a, a c-section and she still talks about my reaction the face i pulled when they pulled out the needle she said was not helpful apparently because <laughs> <laughs> this needle came out it was like a cartoon needle and i couldn't believe what i was saying still going still going still going my mouth like dropped open exactly she's like how is this helping <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well edith thank you so much uh, what an absolute joy to talk to you um i'm so sorry about the fish and chip situation i feel so bad I've, i feel really bad for not doing a recce and making sure that i'd kind of got my days right and stuff i'm so sorry are you at least going to eat after this yeah i'm going to go downstairs and see what's left over from um yeah. From the, the masses downstairs, whatever they had tonight. Well, you've probably got some chicken oh. pie, some meatballs, some pasta sauce in your fridge, by the sound of things. <laughs> got 15 different options you can choose from. Boring. <laughs> well, look, thanks so much, Edith. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Tom. Thanks, Imran. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. contact the show on twitter at fave takeaway pod or instagram on my favorite takeaway podcast you can email us with your stories of takeaway woe gripes your worries on hello at my favorite takeaway podcast.com and that was the uh, very funny very patient edith bowman that was a good chat wasn't it i thought I loved it. What a brilliant person. And uh, so interesting to hear her takeaway experiences living out in the countryside. It's just a, a joy to speak to her. Uh, absolutely love that. Now, Sim, am I writing thinking that our wonderful listeners have once again come up trumps and sent us some great correspondence? Yeah, so we've got an email here from Josh Cockhill. So Josh says, hearing Daz Black, who was our guest last week, mention duck pancakes reminded me of a story. Back at university days, our local Chinese takeaway stuck a poster up in the window saying they were offering all-you-can-eat duck pancakes for a ludicrously low price if you <laughs> eat in on a Wednesday night. And they had a few small tables in the takeaway. Now, I have no idea how many ducks we ate, certainly more than one per person. And from my hazy memory, <laughs> I won the Who Can Eat the Most Pancakes competition and polished off 20-plus pancakes with cucumber and in, of course. Needless to say... The poster disappeared and the promotion was never run again. A hollow... <laughs> I like the way he ends it. A hollow victory in the end. <laughs> Needless to say, the company went bankrupt after one night. Um, genuine question, Sim. How many duck pancakes could you polish off? What are we, what are we looking at numbers-wise? Okay, so I think probably about six or seven. But they start to get quite cold and the duck pancakes start to stiffen up. They, they're not as pleasurable when you're just, tr- just drizzling the final bit of sauce on it. And then shoving too many cucumbers in and a shred of duck. Also, the, the, the remaining duck starts to look a little bit roguekilly when it been sort of, it's been attacked with a fork <laughs> for 20 minutes. And the worst thing as well is when there's basically hardly any hoisin left. You're basically having dry yeah. duck oh, yeah. and dry pancakes. Yeah, yeah. I'll I, I tell you one thing I do like about duck pancakes, though, is I don't know if anyone else has this experience where you're trying to get the last bit of hoisin sauce out so you end up tapping the container on the pancake <laughs> and then smearing it. And that, I think, is just, is just the final dregs. Absolutely. I also quite like eating the shreds of cucumber on their own. I find that as a little sort of side snack. I quite yeah, enjoy that. Nice That's my little snack. thing. Sure. Um, it's got me thinking, though, Sim, this is kind of an interesting area for people to send us stuff. The weirdest deals that people have seen, the weirdest takeaway deals you've seen, or the weirdest restaurant deals you've seen stuck in windows, or things that have come through in pamphlets through your door, Send them to us. We'd love to hear how strange the offers are in Britain at the moment. You can email us on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com and send us those weird things that you remember or have found. And also, um, if you're enjoying the show, do spread the word, tell your friends and leave us a five star review. Uh, it, it helps the show so much and it means so much to us that you're listening and enjoying. Uh, we really can't thank you enough for that. <laughs> 
And next week, Sim, we have another brilliant guest coming your way. Who is it, Sim? Next week, we have the incredible Ken Hom, legend that he yes. is, all the way from Bangkok. So we really look forward to that. See you next week, guys. Bye. See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 